Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Molly Gamble, uh, Editor-in-Chief, Vice President of Editorial Affairs at Becker's Healthcare. She talks to us regularly about a couple of the key stories, issues she's following in healthcare. Molly, let me tee it up and ask you to, to jump in and tell us what you're watching currently. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Th- this was a story that I covered at a high level this week, but I think it probably demands like probably a dozen follow-ups, honestly. There's so much to explore here, but the city of Boston, uh, Massachusetts, renowned for its world-class medical institutions and hospitals, the state as a whole consistently lauded for its healthcare access and outcomes. And then, as you remember, it was before its time in some ways with its 2006 Romney care, pre-day the ACA, its uninsured rate is about 2.4%, the latest numbers show, compared to the U.S. average of 8%. All that context to show that the headlines coming out of Boston and specifically Eastern Massachusetts lately just show some really major distress for the healthcare system right now. Three regions of the state are operating in tier three. This is the crisis level that was designed during COVID. So this means that the leaders of those hospitals in those regions are required to meet frequently to share bed availability. There's also a possibility of those facilities scaling back elective non-urgent procedures and surgeries. And as you know, Scott, anytime hospitals need to pause or delay elective non-urgent surgeries like that, it presents a the immediate challenge for patients, but then also just such a significant financial setback for hospitals. COVID was an extreme example of that, but a major driver of the financial losses hospitals incurred early under the pandemic was due to those suspensions of surgeries. Um, so a couple things are at, at work here. You know, you've got the high patient volumes from winter flu and virus season. Um, then the, the more pressing thing that's been happening in Massachusetts is just these extreme levels of throughput gridlock uh, with growing numbers of patients who are ready to be discharged to post-acute settings, but stuck in those inpatient beds because there are no openings in nursing homes and rehab centers. The Hospital Association of the state released a count in December showing more than 1,000 patients awaiting discharge to those post-acute care settings. In July, that count was about 800 patients awaiting discharge. So this has been a problem, even though it's demanding more attention in headlines as of late, the past couple of weeks, it's been a problem kind of unfolding over the past several months. If you double click on it more, you see nursing homes and rehab centers have closed in the state since the pandemic. Massachusetts lost about 25 nursing facilities many of those closing since mid-2022. And then I, I should mention too, Scott, that the patients, when when we talk about people awaiting discharge to post-acute, there are so many other factors that can really slow and complicate that transition. So they've got insurance barriers, lack of guardianship, also a lot of high needs for specialized behavioral health services. Uh, this past summer, of the number of patients awaiting a long-term care bed in Massachusetts, nearly half of them had a dementia diagnosis. Um, about a fourth of them had a behavioral health diagnosis. So this has been uh, unfolding. I've been paying attention to it and taking interest in it. And then related but separate, you've got some serious financial distress reported about Steward Healthcare, which operates nine hospitals in the state. That's only adding to concerns about capacity. No, thank you so much. And this is an issue you're seeing across the country where people are having a hard time finding places to discharge patients to. So they're full, but not making money. The hospital health system's in really in bad shape. And your your point on Massachusetts, particularly with the steward health care problem, has also created problems there. How is this going to work through? How will some of these things work through the system? Are we going to lose a number of hospitals in the country? We're seeing nursing homes really struggle, and that's causing a backup problem, discharge problem for hospitals. How is some of this going to play out? Any thoughts? 
It's been interesting to watch the employment trends with healthcare because when we report on the healthcare employment gains in hospitals and also physician offices, the one setting that really has not rebounded is those nursing homes. Um, you've seen them sustain a loss in employment really since the COVID-19 pandemic. And then combined with the number that have closed like that, Scott, it, it's, it's a really pressing issue. So then the possibility of steward then closing more acute care facilities. I mean, it, it really couldn't come at a worse time. So um, I, I, I'm not sure how it'll play out. I think it's been it's been playing out for a duration of time. This didn't crop up overnight, um, which I think is important to remember. And then I think the other thing at a higher level, and this isn't a solution, but it's more of an observation. I mean, this is just such an opposite situation from what you might expect, given how much you hear about hospital at home and care moving into the home. Um, I think it's just a reminder that that is a solution for only such a, a small percentage of care. Um, when you look at the other people who are awaiting discharge to post-acute care settings, whether it's those di dementia diagnoses, like I said, behavioral health problems, there are so many patients that they cannot be discharged to the home. That's not a possibility. So I think it's been also a healthy reminder as a, a, the media to really not fall and start to romanticize the possibilities of hospital at home being more capable of taking on really what they can. Um, I, I think it, it might be some small alleviation, but I don't think it's anything close to what sometimes the stories and the potential might sound like. Like a hundred percent. I mean, hugely in terms of our population, 330 million people in the big scheme of things, health systems love it or starting to love it, but it is a very small percentage of the overall population that works, that it works for at least in terms of certain things. So we're still going to be underbedded without places to discharge to for a long time, it seems like to me. Molly, anything else you're watching in the story that's that's really interesting? I mean, you, you, you mentioned in the article, Mass has been put forward as, as one of the great states for healthcare and look at what the challenges they're having. So I mean, it seems like it's uh, it is going to be a challenge throughout the country. You see it in rural America, you see it in urban America. What a challenge though. Yeah, I, I agree, Scott. It's, it's kind of, uh, when you see a state, I mean, ranking after ranking, and I'm not just talking about like the high level superficial rankings. I mean, Massachusetts for a long time, not just about access, but outcomes. You have a, a wealthier, more educated population in the state. So for this state and region to be suffering like this, this, this poorly, I mean, it's it's not a good sign for what other states and markets might see. Um, I, I did just, just want to let listeners know if they are interested in more about Steward, Madeline Ashley with Beckers this week did one of the deepest dives into Steward's finances I've seen. If listeners would like to review the sequence of events leading up to current day. You can find her reporting. Her story was called The House of Cards, What's Going On with Stewart's Finances. Um, Scott, the only other thing I wanted to just make mention of was HCA Healthcare has been having a, a really good run as of late financially um, and with its shares and stocks. And just one person that has been feeling that lift is the only living co-founder of the system. That's 85-year-old Dr. Thomas Frist Jr. Um, it's estimated from Bloomberg and Forbes that his net worth has really peaked, um, climbing about $5 billion year over year alone uh, to hit a new high for him. This comes at a time when HCA share prices are at a peak level, a record high. It's about 310 um, at the time of publication this week when I, I looked to my story. And 
his net worth now is about $27.5 billion. So just one mention, one, one name behind that big, big system. Um, we founded it with a family friend and then his father in 1968 um, still is, is residing in Tennessee, is the wealthiest person in Tennessee. Um, so I just wanted to make mention of that, Scott, because it can be interesting to follow those shares and in, in stocks and then to kind of go back to the people, the originators, if they're still alive like he is and see how it's affecting them. I mean, it's really amazing what HCA has accomplished. And I know the, the not-for-profit sector sometimes is upset about what HCA does, but HCA has been a model of successful for-profit healthcare, uh, for better or for worse, and fasting what they have accomplished. Uh, Molly, thank you so much. And the Frist family, obviously, Dr. Frist, one of the Dr. Frist ended up being a senator, uh, Bill Frist, Tommy Frist. I mean, what an amazing, amazing group of people. $27 billion seems like uh, a lot of money, quite frankly, so he's been successful at it as well economically. Molly? Thank you for joining us, as always, on the Vectors Healthcare Podcast. Always great to visit with you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.